0: all right hello all you cool cats and kittens i don't really know what to say right there you know it's you know it's going be corny or dumb or weird and i think i accomplished all three today um welcome to the practice mechanics podcast uh, if you didn't know already practice mechanics is a little outpost in the cyber world um we put it there to help practitioners and maybe students mostly chiropractors um, as it pertains to both clinical and ana- clinical analytical skills and treatment methods, but also um, administrative stuff. You know, the boring things that you have to do with regard to keeping your practice afloat and keeping it compliant. We do that, too. Um, we are subscription based, but there's no long term obligations. We've been running a COVID special for subscribers for about a, what, a year and a half from mm-hmm. about that. Um, but a little birdie tells me that that has a lifespan now and that we'll be ending that special in the future. So the moral of that story is get in now before the price increase and we can lock in your old price forever and we'll carry on from there. So, hi, my name is Michael Massey. My co-host, co-culprit, co-conspirator and co-friend is Rob Pape. Together we are that Practice Mechanics thing. Our website is practice-mechanics.com. Hey, Rob. Hi, Michael. How are you today? (laughs) Good. It's been a while. I mean, it's been a while since, A, since we've done this, B, since we've done it alone. You know, our last few of these have been with with guests, guest speakers, guest audience, guest people. Um, And we've had some good ones. You know, I mean, we've had some great people join us on this podcast. We've gotten a lot of feedback. Uh, We've gotten a lot of downloads. we've gotten a lot of interest in those. And I'm not sure, again, we jokingly say that people like everything except us, but you know, on the other hand, um, anytime we do something a little different, people seem to like it better than just us. So there's a moral in there that we're probably ignoring on purpose. Yeah.
1: The moral, um, moral is always surround yourself with people smarter than you are. Yes. And uh, so
0: today, good stuff which one of us is smarter? <laughs> yeah. This is, this is, maybe we didn't think this through. <laughs> But it has been good. It's been good. I mean, I don't like the break, but I like having the guests um, because we, we had some really talented uh, knowledgeable people within their own sphere of influence. Don't you think? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it was, it was good. It was fun. Our last three have
1: been, it's just so much fun to talk to people who are, have thought about what it is they do at yeah. a very deep level and can explain it simply. Uh, yeah. And I, and I love that.
0: And each one of them has a very specific, uh, well, I mean, Jeff Williams has a lot of specifics. But he's a smart dude and mostly is excited about, you know, research and how it pertains to practice and everything. But that dude does a lot of stuff. Uh, he's a renaissance man. Yeah. David Wiedemeyer was all about the feats. Um, and we need someone like that in our world because mm-hmm. we don't get enough information about it and it is an important little thing. I've been
1: um, I've been shooting him we've been we've been shooting uh some messages back and forth last night we were shooting some messages back and forth about um about mechanics, lower extremity mechanics. Yeah. And he he responds to that stuff mostly with food recommendations and I
0: <laughs> I thought you were going to say something else so that's good. <laughs> no, this is, this is I mean Dave, Dave is
1: a buddy of ours so you know it, yeah there's there's all kinds of good inside jokes but that he he likes to frustrate me because I'll ask him about foot mechanics and then he's like well look at this
0: falafel <laughs> He's a funny that's, guy That's always the answer. Food is always the answer. Isn't it though? It really ends up being the answer.
1: You know look I come from an Italian family so Yep. Yeah. You know how that Yeah. Works.
0: And I've then got French have, lineage so I get it.
1: Right? And then we, and then we had Julia Viscomi speaking of Italian um, and talk about someone who is in command of their practice.
0: Yeah. Like someone at, who's at really, I mean, she don't want us to say this, but at a very young age, at a very early part of her career, um, she's just getting started and is just rocking it. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. She's a baller. So. We turn the tables. The tables are turning. Yeah. Today, the guest of honor is you. It's just us. It's you. Just it's us. you. And with good reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Today, we're going to belatedly celebrate the release of your book. And this is yeah. cool, cool. Yeah, we had a little soft release on it a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Some people bought it. It's yeah, it's pretty
1: fun. And no no negative reviews so far? No, none yet.
0: <laughs> I, keep, I, so,
1: keep, I keep telling my wife, I say, baby, you're not only married to a doctor. You're married to a published author.
0: An author. You have to say that with a different tone, too. So now,
1: <laughs> so now, so now whenever she wants to mess with me, she, she goes, well, how can I say no to a published author?
0: <laughs> Do you stop in the doorway sometimes and pull out your pipe and sort of just cock your foot up against the doorframe and go, dear, I have something to speak to you about? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, like,
1: I, like to, I like to tap out the pipe <laughs> while, while showing while showing the uh, elbow pads <laughs>
0: patches on my tweed professional jacket, yes. there you go, absolutely, there you go. Everybody's got a turtleneck now.
1: I got I to get my contacts out and my glasses <laughs> in. Yeah.
0: So the book is titled "Why Does It Hurt?" and it's understanding why does it still why does it still hurt? hurt? Yes, why does I just love hurt? that. I am so sorry.
1: It's okay. And then the and then the subtitle is. Understanding
0: Chronic Muscle and Joint Pain. It's a great title. And, and even though I flubbed it up, I thought it was a great title because of the very reason you wrote it, probably, and I'm probably getting ahead of you, but so many people in pain, so many people even in pain and receiving treatment and management for pain that doesn't go away yeah. or doesn't go away permanently. Yeah. Um, that's a real subset of people, but it's a very significant subset of people who are frustrated and who turn to things they really maybe shouldn't sometimes to overcome those things. Yep. And I'm not trying to steal your thunder, but I, I'm impressed with the title because I think it's so deep for what it really is. It's simple, but it's amazing in its simplicity.
1: Well, thank you. You, you helped me title it. So <laughs> I see what you're doing. That's there. why it's so
0: great. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> but yes, there are a lot of I mean, my practice is skewed heavily towards this patient base, this demographic of people who have chronic musculoskeletal pain, who have been looking for answers and have uh, been on the merry-go-round, the medical merry-go-round of uh, practitioner after practitioner with the hope that each new one is actually going to make a difference and has the right answers. Um, And I've been seeing these people and really focusing on this demographic for the last, gosh, 10 12 14 years in my practice so um yeah i've accumulated a lot of information over that time and and um you know uh, putting together quadrant analysis has been about that and taking that information from a clinical standpoint and offering it to practitioners so they can recognize these these things i'm describing and and uh meet each person where they are, you know, recognize what's going on with them physiologically and mechanically and meet them where they are. But then the book was me going, you know what, patients need this. The lay person needs um, some basic information about how to subclassify themselves and what types of practitioners to seek out. And that was the impetus for the book. It's like quadrant analysis very, very, very light. Like yeah. the very basic premises and principles of quadrant analysis put into a very short book form, easy to read for the layperson, so they understand where they are in this scenario better, what they need better, and who to seek out better. Uh, and that was that that was really all, all all that I was trying to do with with writing the book.
0: Well you make that sound like it's not much, but that's a big task. I mean it I think it, it's one thing to that this be your, your life's work almost. It's one thing to be a, an acute interest of yours, but it's another thing altogether to decide and want and undertake crafting a book about it. So what, was it those things, the things that you encounter in your practice and the, and the frustrations maybe that you see and they see, patients see, that made you feel like there was a need for this and get it out there? Was that the driver mainly? Yeah, 100%. Uh, you know,
1: the, when people come in to see us and they've been around the block a few times or on that merry-go-round for a while, you know, you know how it is. They come in to see us and they've got, either they've got a lot of hope or they've got a lot of bitterness. It's mm-hmm. one of the two. Yeah. Right? Somebody had told them to come in and see Dr. Massey because he really helped with this long-standing problem that their friend or their family member had, and that person shows up to your office, and they've either got hope and they're wearing it on their on their sleeve, or they've got hope that's really deep down inside, but it's really crushed by all the disappointments they've had up until now. Mm-hmm. And you know. If you're a, if you're a, a, a lay person and you've, and you've got chronic muscle or joint pain, you're flying blind. And let, let's face it, most of the practitioners they go see are flying blind, except for within the, the, you know, like if you look at horse blinders, most practitioners have a very narrow view of, um, of chronic pain and what should be done about it. There was just a a, a research article uh, released today that on the the physical therapy Twitter, they're a little sad about, and it, it showed that exercise isn't any better than manual therapy or anything else for chronic low back pain. Well, yeah, because you can't just apply one thing to all people who have these things. So, you know, folks show up to these Chiropractors' offices, and they, you know, if we just adjust your atlas, you're going to get better. PT offices, oh, we just need to make your core strong, you're going to get better, or, or other exercise, you know, we just need to have you a, a positive experience with movement, and you'll and you'll get better. Well, I want people to be able to have some information to 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 think for themselves and be able to see the the sort of the pitfalls of the different. Types of practitioners that that they're going with. I want them to know as much, if not more, than the practitioner they're going to see. In a way,
0: is really what I want. Uh, well, this kind of reminds me too of um, you know I went to Canadian Memorial Chiropractic College a couple years ago when they did the rollout of the Global Spine Care Initiative, mm-hmm. and that was so impressive. The goal of that and the the approach to that, and it was the thing that we all really strive for. It was, I mean, the bottom line was. If there's a condition, a patient presents with a condition, regardless of provider, the treatment approach should be the same. In other words, if, it's, if this or that treatment is most appropriate, no matter who you see first, that's where you go. That's where you should be directed. Yeah. And we're so far from that right now. But I, I love that goal because it's the first one I've ever heard of that's trying to coordinate all that stuff instead of letting everybody live in their own silo, treating their own way, getting their own level of results, and just throwing up their hands after it's over. Right. And so I, I like this. I like the fact that this is microcosmic of that very approach. Mm-hmm. And that's that's to promote the right person for the right problem. And I appreciate that. Or the right people for, for, for the right. Problem. Yeah,
1: because yeah. in most of these cases, it's there's a team approach that needs to be tailored. Uh, very rarely, um, very rarely in, in, in the most complex cases, is it just one practitioner who's going to solve the whole thing that you know that with you know us flying in with yeah. our cape and being superheroes and saving the the patient in distress come on that's not that's not the way real, real life works so you know to, to when I, in, the, in the how to use this book portion of it what the thing i try to establish right off the bat is a this isn't a self-help book because if you have chronic pain you can, you need, you need all help you can get. Right. It's not a go it alone adventure if you're in chronic pain. Right. Um, so I wanted to teach people a, what the factors that cause chronic pain are so they could see them in their, in their own life and maybe start to ferret them out. Um, B how to find the appropriate practitioners or practic- uh, practitioner or practitioners. So how to build the right team. And then see what sort of subclassifications, like what, what's going on with you physiologically? Do you fit into any of these boxes? If so, you might want to look at this type of practitioner for this. I wanted to get specific as, as specific as possible. Like, okay, well, if you've got this, this, and that, then you need to see that type of practitioner for this or that type of practitioner for that. Um, that was... It's, to me, that, that, that was, I was trying to make it, I was trying to write it so that my parents could understand it. And my parents are not uneducated people, but they're lay people, right? And, and they're at the whim of their doctors to a large extent. Right. Um, I, was, I was thinking about them as much as, I, as anyone else when I was writing it.
0: Well, and I think you brought up an interesting point. This is not a new concept. Multimodal care is what most of the guidelines direct us to. It's just that nobody's following the guidelines. <laughs> Isn't that you insane? Know? Well, because people don't understand why.
1: Right. This is, I mean, this and this goes back to quadrant analysis for clinicians. If you study quadrant analysis, you will understand why. Mm-hmm. But n- n- I don't know. Is it 9 out of 10? Is it 99 out of 100? Practitioners of any stripe don't really know why. It's, a, it's that uh, old parable about uh, the blind people and the elephant they all get to touch one part of the elephant and so they're describing the elephant from that one part they can touch. Like we've gotta have like a, a some sort of better, broader understanding of, of how things work so that we understand why we'd want to do a thing that we know how to do or why we'd want to refer to a different type of practitioner who does something different. We don't even know that. Quite honestly, I wrote this book because I want my patients or patients in general to, be, to have more information than their practitioners because their practitioners, for whatever reason, are stubborn and
0: don't want to be up to date. Yeah. I mean, I've got a real-life example of that weird, you know, focused, I, I am the end-all, be-all kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I had a patient just yesterday um, who has been having some hip issues, and I encouraged her. She's only in her 40s um, to have some intervention or at least get some analysis of that hip a little bit more than I could give her. I mean, she's got some musculoskeletal stuff I won't go into, but. Mm-hmm. I knew she, she walked a lot at her job, like miles every day on hard concrete. I knew she probably had some wear and tear issues in that hip joint. She was still fairly functional, but she was just uncomfortable mm-hmm. and nothing that she had done up to this date has made her more comfortable. Mm-hmm. So I said, well, let's go the next route. Let's get you an MRI. Let's get you just, you know, get back in with the orthopedist you've seen for your ankle. She had an ankle injury a while back. Um, so she did. And a side note to this, that her daughter is a physical therapist went with her on this visit, but also didn't tell the surgeon that she was a physical therapist. She just said, it's my daughter joining me on this visit. Sneaky, sneaky, I like it. So, um, she her x-ray showed that she had some degenerative change, more one side than the other, but it also showed a weight bearing pattern that was very heavy towards the, the distorted side, the, the worn outside. Doop. So there was that. But she said the surgeon was with her all of about three minutes, said you have degenerative arthritis in your hip, you need surgery, We're on a three-week waiting list. When do you want to schedule? And so she and her daughter did everything to bite her tongue and just basically said, well, what about some other things? You know, between nothing and surgery, what about some physical therapy? What about some exercise? What about a heel lift? What about, you know, all these different modalities that might be a little more conservative and might give her some relief or at least buy her some time. Mm -hmm. And the surgeon absolutely dismissed the whole thing. He said physical therapy would be like throwing gas on a fire. Go ahead and just book your surgery. (laughs) And she came to me just in distress right after that visit. She called him in an appointment just to talk to me about that visit and bring her daughter in with with me and say, what are we missing here? Why did this guy not even talk about any other conservative approach? And I'm like, I don't have an idea. I can just tell you that he's, he's stuck in his mode. You know, he's if you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail, you know, and so that's where that was. But it's just an example of the things we encounter on a daily basis. And I just got to see it again. And live in Living Color this week. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, there's that. But so back to the book, and I'm sorry I took a, a detour there. No. Um, you talk about it really being geared towards the patient, but I think there's some utility there for providers too. Uh, what do you see as, as how this could be a practical application or a practical intervention by a provider? Have them in their office and give them to the patients. Um I my personal and I'll answer you know what I think my opinion is on it. I think most practitioners could really benefit from reading this book, especially because it's very digestible. It's what, 32 pages?
1: Yeah. I, you know, I think it, I think it came out to like 49 or 50 pages, but there's a certain amount of blank pages when you, when you publish, (laughs) you could probably read the book in about 15 minutes if you're a fast reader.
0: So So it's
1: not a long book.
0: So that's what I think. It's not heavy. And, yeah. it's, and most practitioners don't want heavy. They don't want to learn a whole new concept. But man, if they can blow through this and just get the the gist of it all, I think that's ridiculously valuable for them. But also an uh, an affordable, comprehensive, concise kind of uh, reference that they can keep on hand to hand out at will or to reference themselves. Um, I, I think it's more than just a patient book. That's my opinion. Well, I'm glad you answered that question yourself. That's- <laughs> Number two, a way um, of doing that. Sorry. you know, uh,
1: uh, Professor McGill wrote a book for lay people some years back called "Back Mechanic," mm-hmm. and Professor McGill, being smarter than pretty much everyone in in the arena <laughs> that we're mm-hmm. working in, it, the book was actually fairly complex, and um, as a practitioner. I felt like that book was really geared more towards me and my wife. We really got a lot out of that book, quite honestly. Yeah. Um, we did give it to patients and, and recommend it to patients, um, but it was a little over their head, I felt like. I felt like he's so he is so smart that dumbing it down for that population was, I think, a little difficult for him. That was my take on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I tried to learn from that and dumb it down way down like takes take what are fairly complex uh, concepts and, and principles and make them really digestible. Um, so hopefully, yes, it is something that the average practitioner can get a lot out of who hasn't been exposed to quadrant analysis at all. And who wants a cheat sheet for it? Sure. This would give you a, you know, this is, this is the training wheels on the training wheels for a <laughs> practitioner. Um, but I will also say that in the two or three weeks, this book has been out just on my very small mailing list that I have for my practice in New York, which got devastated by COVID. So it's a small mailing list at this point, I've already gotten a bunch of new patients just because this book is, uh, is in my um, my sign off and people have been reading it and sending it to their family members. Um, So they're going, Oh, I've been seeing all these people, no, you know, nobody's really been able to make a dent. Can maybe, maybe, maybe you can help this makes sense to me. And yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Let's. So I've, I've been actually been able to help more people and nice. get them on track because the book went out also two days after the book went published, my sister texts me and says that my youngest niece, her, her, uh, her youngest, was diagnosed with Ehlers-Danlos hypermobility. Wow. She's like, "Do you have any? Do you have any any advice?" And I, I sent her, I sent her a copy of of, of the manuscript and said, "Read read this chapter specifically." My sister's an acupuncturist. Um, her husband has like four master's degrees. They're very intelligent people, but they have no idea what to do in this scenario. Right. The chapter is what, like five pages, six pages long? So she read the chapter. She sends me a note saying, this is incredibly helpful. I know exactly how to do this now. Thank you. Okay, cool. I mean, they're 3,000 miles away, so I can't really help from here otherwise. But, right. you know, those those are the reasons why I've, I've written the book uh, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, is, is to reach people who, even even if they're practitioner level, they're going to get something out of this. Absolutely. And it's the kind of thing that either gifting it to your patients, promoting it to your patients, having it in your waiting room, uh, giving them out in your waiting room. You want to get some, you want to get some buy-in, you want to get, you want to build a therapeutic alliance with with your patients. You get them to understand this stuff. Now they understand much better why you're doing what you're doing, why you're promoting what you're promoting and uh, in terms of a treatment protocol, why you're sending them out for this, Testing or referring to this practitioner for co-management. There's there's a lot of uses to this book, both as uh, for 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 both people in this scenario, the practitioner and the patient or the client. Sure. So, so that yeah yeah, I think I think you're right there, and, and that's been my experience already, just in a very short period of time.
0: So back to the mechanics of writing the book, and not about the practice mechanics or the sure, quadrant sure. analysis. Yeah. <laughs> um, what did you learn from the experience?
1: Uh, well, let's see. I mean, writing is difficult. Yep. And you can, you know, the, the thing with, uh, with practice mechanics and creating all this content that we have and, you know, me putting together quadrant analysis and then adjusting videos and all that kind of stuff on my end is it's really difficult not to let perfect be the enemy of good. Right. So that's a problem I have as the child of a narcissist um <laughs> <laughs> is an issue and it's
0: not a bad thing though i mean no no but you it's know and also i'm i'm
1: you know i'm not an i'm not a writer and i've never produced video content before you know really before the the pandemic started and we, you know we started putting this stuff right. together last year so all this stuff was new to me so the same thing I had when I got out into practice as a chiropractor, that imposter syndrome and that perfectionism that drove me to pay attention enough to learn the principles that become quadrant analysis, to learn the principles that I can put in this, uh, why does it still hurt book? You know, those, those, that stuff came up and whacked me right in the head <laughs> over and over again. So I got to, Thanks. I got to therapize myself a little bit on that. <laughs> Um, anytime you start something new in a different arena uh, there's a lot of self doubt that can creep up, which again, like you said, is not necessarily a bad thing. Um, misplaced confidence is not something I won't ever want to have again. Um, so I'd rather have a little extra self doubt than not enough. Um, so that, that was number one, the psychology of writing and producing is way different than the psychology of showing up to a, a job where, you know, the ropes right? and, you know, so pushing myself outside the comfort zone, it's an, it's a thing. It's sure. a thing. Um, and then there's a lot of people, even for this short little book, I had to have an editor, right. I had to um, have someone who could uh, format it for online. Mm-hmm. I had to have someone who could create a cover. Then you need someone to market it. We haven't even done. We haven't even started to do that yet. Right. So it, you know, there's now you have to create another team. And I didn't realize what the team was. And our buddy, our buddy Jeff Williams, who just put out his own book that we talked about on the podcast with him a few weeks ago, he was really uh, integral. Uh, he was so helpful. I reached out to him and I said, "Okay, well, you've done this. Talk to me. Let's you know give me, <laughs> give me the Cliff's Notes. How do I? How do I make this happen? Who do I need?" to help me through this. Um, And he was, he was, he was a a, a gift in in that way. The people he pointed me towards were great. Um, And then after that, for me, because I'm kind of ADHD, writing isn't necessarily something I can just sit down and decide to do. It kind of comes on me at whenever it feels like it. And then I, and then I have to do something about it, which kind of drives my wife crazy because I'm there one minute and then I'm gone the next. And I'll you know, and because I'm so in my head, you know, like I get so in my head about it, I just disappear and start writing. Sure. She's like, what happened to you? Where did you go? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, baby. I just I had I had an idea and I needed to write it down. And then that, that idea created this other idea. And, then, and that's how my brain works. So. Uh, She had to get used to me creating in that way, too, through this process. And the book was more difficult than the video stuff um, I found. Writing is harder for me than producing video content. Um, I'm not necessarily built to do it. And um, I don't read good. (laughs) as an ADHD person. I don't read good. So I'll write something. And then I'll just leave it there. And I'll stack up all these papers that I've written. And then I have to go back through them and pull out the cogent parts that the parts that make sense, the parts that, and, and how they fit together. So my process was a little messy from, you know, even from my standpoint, I was, I was challenged by it. And I used you and um, Chippendale and my wife and some other people as sounding boards for different chapters and, and, you know, does this make sense to you as a practitioner? Does this make sense to you? And then I, you know, I have a couple of clients who I used for that too, where I'm like, I'd really like your opinion about this. Can you, can you tell me if this, if, if this, can you understand this, this, and this, and tell me if I'm missing anything or is there anything in here that that's confusing? Is there something, is there a point that where I, I fall off and you lose me? So uh, you have to, you have to get help in these scenarios. And uh, one, one of the things that I, I've really loved about this whole process is the asking for help part gets better and better every time. Like, I like asking for help in these ways. I, lo- I love the collaboration, very much like mm-hmm. I like collaborating with other practitioners in terms of clinical management. It was really cool to c- c- collaborate with friends and, and colleagues and, and patients uh, on the written word. That was really cool for me.
0: Well, it sounds like a really nice blend between uh, mechanical and artistic. Yeah. You know, some of that, I mean, that artists act that way too. They just have bursts of creativity and then they run out of gas and they got to walk away. Yeah, And then sometimes they got to walk away for a while, go back and look at their art and see if it really means something to them or they got to make some revisions or whatever. So yeah. that's pretty cool. It's pretty cool to hear that that was the process. So having said that. Um, any, it's early, I know, but any thoughts of a sequel or a different book now that you've done one?
1: <sighs> no. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. That's a lie. Um, the, the first thing I thought of afterwards when I was riding high on accomplishment was, <laughs> Oh, I should just take the quadranalysis course, like the basis, basic aspects of it and make that into a book. Cause some people do better with the written word than they do with video. And so, I was trying to wrap my mind around that for a minute, and um, I got as far as, you know, what I really need is is somebody to just somebody to, to take the, the 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 spoken portion and like a stenographer, and just write out all this, the 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 things I say, and I think there's software for that too. I haven't looked. Yeah. But if, if we take, if we take all the quadrant analysis stuff and put that in book form, that would be the next thing. Yeah.
0: That'd be a big job.
1: Yeah. I don't want to do that job.
0: That won't be 32 pages.
1: <laughs> no, no. And then it, and then it comes down to, okay, well, what do you put in and what do you not put in? Like, there's a lot. Of, we got a lot of content on there. That quadrant analysis uh, portion of practice mechanics has I don't know, dozens of hours of content. I don't know what that would translate even to in book form. I have no idea. So I think I'd need to hire someone who specializes in this and Mm -hmm. I wouldn't even know where to begin. So I thought about it for a few days. My wife looked at me like I was crazy a number of times (laughs) as I brought it up. And then I just left it alone because I'm like, let me just focus on one thing at a time and not let my ADHD brain go crazy with me. And yeah. so it is something that I think um, we—I'm including you in this now—we <laughs> need to visit it at some point in the near future and try to figure out together. Because I'm going to need your help on that.
0: All right, I'm in.
1: Oh, that was easy.
0: I want you to—I want you to start tomorrow.
1: <laughs> I try. Tomorrow's a travel day for me, so I. All right, well. I can't start. I can't
0: start tomorrow. Then you. Then you have some downtime on the plane, so. You Unless I run into
1: this. somebody in the airport. <laughs> But people don't talk to each other in the airports anymore because, you know, they're all, they're all wearing masks and they can't see each other's faces.
0: Yep. So the book, it's available on Amazon and yeah. Kindle. I mean, Amazon and Kindle are together, obviously. But yeah. Yeah, there is a, you know, a soft cover version. Yep. And there is the Kindle version. Yeah, there's two Kindle
1: versions. There's the, um, the you know, it's, it's $3.99 for the Kindle version. Uh, if you buy if you buy it separately, but if you have an unlimited Kindle, it's free on unlimited Kindle. So, and you know, I still get paid the same amount. We get paid the same amount. Um, whether it doesn't matter either way. People do it. Sure. Uh, so we, I, you know, if you read if you read it on unlimited, I had I had a colleague send me a note saying, uh, "I have unlimited Kindle. Is it okay if I read it there? I don't want I don't want to be doing this for free on you." And I'm like, "No, I, I can't. <laughs> You could pay $3.99 for it, or you could read it on unlimited Kindle. I get the same amount. Right. I get the same amount. They actually count the pages that get read and then pay per page. Interesting. It is interesting. It's a very interesting scenario. <laughs> uh, look, we're putting Jeff Bezos on the moon here. That's, that's, <laughs> that's,
0: that's what matters.
1: That's the main goal. Um, but then uh, also there's a, a, a soft cover, a paperback version for $9.99. So a number of people bought that and um, asked me to sign them, which is really interesting. Look
0: at you. Like a real author. You better get that (laughs) turtleneck.
1: That's what I'm saying.
0: Maybe I'm a published author. Get you one of those quill pen or a fountain pen or something to be able to sign these things with? Yes. That makes it real. Yeah. I'm I'm just going to do that with a Sharpie, man. Pluck a feather out of a goose. (laughs) All right, so there we are. There it is. The book is in the books. The book's in the books, baby. Um, And I guess I'm biased, of course, but I've read it, and I think it's very helpful. I I use it already. You know, I use it as a reference. Um, I encourage everybody to get it. It's, for goodness sakes, like you said, $3.99 or free or, at the most, $9.99. I mean, how are you going to get this kind of information for that kind of money? Come on, people. (laughs) Just get it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, you know I'll be your hype man today
1: <laughs> that's cool that's cool I'm sick of yelling at people to 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 improve themselves so if at, at this point it's good stuff I, I what I want people what I want practitioners to be afraid of is your patients coming in knowing more than you that's really what yeah. I want if your patient comes
0: in and they know more than you you're you fail them already so you at least get on their level all right so let's wrap this thing up you got any other news any other commentary anything you want to talk about before we close this thing up no no that's that's, that's more than enough i've just moved into
1: my uh discomfort zone by talking about myself and and this book for
0: the last 45 minutes so i feel i feel like i'm good I can, all right so why does it still hurt by rob Pate. <laughs> amazon and kindle get out there and get yours before they're all gone <laughs> Right, right, yes, exactly. We got to put Bezos on the moon and Rob on a tropical island somewhere. Look, maybe Bezos will take me to the
1: moon. That would be pretty cool. There you go. I don't know. I don't different. know if this this book is going to qualify me for that, but if you buy the book and Jeff Bezos notices, maybe I maybe I, even if even if I just get even if I just get to like go to like the edge of space, I'm cool with that.
0: Yeah, cool. it would be like Shatner, just go up and come back.
1: Uh, I, I'm happy that Captain Kirk got to go.
0: Yeah, that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, that's yeah, pretty cool. It is. It should have been done
0: a long time ago. Absolutely. All right. I guess we'll wrap this thing up. Thank you for all your commentary. Thank everybody for listening and making it this far. We appreciate your listenership. We appreciate the growth of this podcast because of people that listen and download it um, consistently. Uh, tell your friends, tell your buddies, tell your parents, tell your friends, tell your neighbors. Um, and that's it for us from here. Until until the next time, we are Practice Mechanics, -mechanics practice-mechanics.com, wishing you the best. Thank you so much.